0: Say, God is good. What? All the time. Now, the way God moves, I'm going to talk to you about your kingdom assignment. That's what I was talking to you about a couple weeks ago. And I want to say, too, God bless our children's ministry, man. They had their big water day Friday, and it got watered out, amen, and stormed out. But let's just give a big shout for them and their work. And Man, they're so faithful. They're so faithful. I bind the spirit of fear off of your minds. I bind it off your minds. I bind the spirit of worry. It is a spirit, people. It's not natural to worry. You notice when you worry, your whole heartbeat changes. It starts racing. Everything changes. I bind it off of you. I bind the bad news and encourage the good news in your life the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is not just enough. He's more than enough. He's not just good enough. He's more than enough. And I release on you faith for this hour, for this time. I pray for you now that you will not be divided. I just picked it up in my spirit. There'll be opportunities for division in the coming months. And you need to be ready to stand for the kingdom. You're not standing for the donkey. You're not standing for the elephant or any of the wannabes in between. You stand for the kingdom of God. That's who you stand for. And we stand together united. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, young, old, older and in-between. Republican, Democrat, whatever's in-between and those that haven't declared. We all stand one, what we are, his children, and it's his kingdom, and he is the one that sets the course for our future and our nation. And I'm telling you, people can preach doom and gloom over this nation, but God is just setting it up because there's already a move of God in this nation. Now, what the Lord was revealing to me too, and I talked to you a little bit about it a couple weeks ago, I think it's called the Little Red House or whatever revival in 1800. And then in 1801, between 1800 and 1801, Barton Stone, who launched the 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 Cane Ridge Revival, had like 26,000 attendants for that nine days, that some of them traveled 40, 50 miles by wagon. And the only reason it ended was because they ran out of supplies. He was ministered to by someone from the uh, Move of God out in Western Kentucky at the little, I think it's called the Little Red River House or whatever. And he was moved, and he got ministered to and really found the love of God and the power of God. And out of that, out of that birth, Cain Ridge, where people from Presbyterians, Methodists, all different backgrounds and people who weren't even saved. What's so unique during that time, Kentucky was the furthest west point from the southern, you know, areas. So they called it the Wild West. Isn't that something? Kentucky was the Wild West at one time. When you when you came from the southeast and south of, of United States when people were coming in. And they called it the Wild West. They were known as the horse thieves, the crooks, the drunks, you know, the, the, the lowest of the low. They even said when people from Kentucky traveled, look out. They'll steal you blind, they'll cuss you out, and they'll drink your liquor. They'll do it all. But when the move of God happened at the little red river house, I think it's I hope I'm hoping i pronounced that wrong, and then at Cane Ridge. They said that it was like heaven in the state of Kentucky, that God was just hovering over it. They even began to give reports, and I've been going back and reading some of the history and historians of the time, and they said that, that even the travelers were known now as the sweetest, kindest, humblest people you would ever meet. That's what a move of God does. And the move of God is not coming. It's here. I said it's here. And we need to tap into it and be open to it. And it's not going to be the way you've seen it before. It's going to be a totally new thing. There might be some old mixed in, but any time there is a move of God, Jesus gave the illustration what, about the old wineskins. You can't put new wine in old wineskins. skins. Why? Because it would just burst it because the old wineskins are dry, they've been empty and are close to empty, and they're brittle. And when that new fermented wine comes in and it's working in there, man, it would just burst it apart. The wine represents the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is moving right now. And I'm just telling you, if you're an old wineskin, you better get oiled up with the anointing. Seriously, I'm not kidding Or things are going to burst in your life, and you'll have to come to your knees and get it right. None of us are above it. And I want you to realize that it is in the earth. Say it's in the earth. Say it's in our state. It's in our city. And it's in our church. Now, one of the things we've noticed, I mean, as soon as this was prophesied about us, about going into Bethel 2.0, our next 20 years, Bethel 2.0, it was said that it will be a new thing, new level, new anointing, new revelation. You say, well, what is that? See, what I want you to realize is the way God operates is through revelation. What is that? That's the revealed word, a word from him that's uncovered in our hearts, in our minds, among us. And that revelation is to propel you, and this is a revelation we preached in, in 18, 19, and even in 20, is to propel you in supernatural advancement through clarity, growth, and vitality. God wants you to get your vision clear. God wants you to know your assignment clearly. Hmm. He wants you to understand that. And that's part of what I'm teaching in the coming weeks too, is about your assignment. And he wants you to grow because anything that's not growing is, anything that's not growing is, right? God, you, you don't just kind of stay a neutral in God. As a matter of fact, you got cells in your body dying right now. But thank goodness you got some new ones coming back. Nothing stays the same. That's the way God created it, where it's moving. Now, you've heard me give this illustration of faith before, right? And that is, we know that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What kind of faith? If it's not now, it's hope. And Pastor Bill revealed the revelation to us, which is so powerful. the The word "help us" for hope in the in that passage means what? Confident expectation. So where there where there is no confident expectation, you can't operate in faith. Faith is believing and receiving it. What now? Faith is the vehicle of God that goes into the unseen realm. And brings things that he has for us into the scene realm. Did you get that? Now, faith is a substance. Things what? And the evidence of things what? Stop right there. What? Say it out loud. So, if you think I'm crazy, what did the word say? Faith is what? Not it's now, and what else is? It's something that you don't see in the natural. But faith is knowing and trusting God. And when you know and trust God, you will begin to see into, into the unseen. And by faith, you declare it and you bring it into now. But you can't bring it into your now without revelation. What is revelation? Well, what is faith? Now, faith, now is the substance hope for the evidence of things not seen. But how do we get faith? Romans 10 tells us how we get faith, right? Faith comes by what? Hearing. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So faith comes how? When I'm hearing, when I'm listening to the voice of God. You can't walk in your kingdom assignment until you focus on God's voice in your life. Until you hear. Faith comes by hearing. So I got to begin to hear God Faith comes by hearing, and by hearing, and hearing by what? The word. What is the word? John 1:1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. The the term word is defined in in the New Testament. What in the Greek language? That's Logos and Rhema. Logos is the sum total person and personality of God, right? Rhema is the purpose and the promise he wants to release now. Rhema is the same as revelation. You say, well, when it becomes rhema to you, what's it mean? It becomes revealed to you. It becomes uncovered to you. But see, you, you, you won't be able to hear God until you hear God. <laughs> yeah. See, you hear God a lot more than you realize. You hear him. He's with you. He's no respecter of persons. Jesus gave the Holy Spirit, the paracletos to what? The one called alongside you. The Holy Spirit is in you for your sake, but the Holy Spirit is on you for the sake of others. Why? So we can make a difference every day, every way. And that's what it is. When we begin to look at our kingdom assignment, I want you to get into this. I don't want you to be just thinking, oh, it's cool seeing miracles. It's cool seeing signs and wonders. We're getting ready to move into a great season of soul winning. And I feel like Elijah because I'm looking out there and I don't see much. But I see a tiny little cloud way out there. And I'm not talking months away. I'm talking days or weeks away. A tiny little cloud, the, kind of the size of a man's hand coming our way. And when it gets here, it's going to rain. It's going to be a downpour of God's power, God's presence, God's conviction, drawing all men and women to him to be saved. One of the things Prophet Andre said, it's harvest time. It's hard, everybody say it's harvest time. The only way that you can miss the harvest is if you're not there. You got to show up. Say, I'm going to show up. Say, I'm ready, Lord. See, don't say, send me, say, use me. You know why I use you? Because you're in the harvest right now. People have been looking at their assignment, especially, you know, Christians and so on, and church and and, and the whole group, been looking at their assignment as more uh, uh, how, you know, give me the instructions of how. Come on, Lord, give me. God's been busy telling you the what. And that's why so many churches are frustrated about God, because he's been saying for the last decade or so what we're to do, what we're to do. Actually, he said it way back there. Jesus said what we're to do, right? that we're to be what saved and that we're to be baptized and we're to heal the sick and, and raise the dead and go preach the gospel, that signs and wonders will follow us confirming him. So we are here to confirm him. We are here to confirm his spirit. I'm telling you, I've said it for decades. The millennials, you guys in here right now, and even the younger, you, you got to see it. You got to feel it. There's no quicker way to win someone or to get someone to step into faith than when they can see it for themselves. Now, my assignment is very clear. I'm a pastor. I'm really an apostle, but I'm a pastor, and I could show you the different things. One of the offices operating, there's five offices, that Ephesians tells us about that. Ephesians 4 said he gave some, what? Apostles, some pastors, some evangelists, some prophets, and some teachers, and as an apostle, if you look on a, fi- a hand, here's the way it is. Teachers are the fin- the short finger. They're the ones that kind of get in the ears of you and get you stirred up, right? And then uh, you got that. Then you got the uh, a- evangelist, right? Huh? Pastor, I'm sorry. Thank you, baby. Pastor, because that's your ring finger, right? Pastor, that's your ring finger. So that's the covenant. That's, that's the pastor office. Uh, that's the, the one that shepherds and so on. Then you got, what well, the old evangelist, because he's the one standing out there, he or she. They're the ones, man, that's the brightest and the shiniest, right? Winning souls. Then you got the prophet, the pointer. Then you have the apostle. The apostle is the one that touches all of those. The word apostelos in the Greek, actually, the reason that word was used is because when the Romans and others would send in their armies to take over a land, the person that led the, the brigades were what? Apostles. And they were called to go in and not only take enemy-held territory, but set up the government of their kingdom. And an apostle is to, to set up, to touch all those different gifts, to establish God's government wherever they are. Now, God called Stephanie and I here over 22 years ago. He really called us seven years before we came or closer to eight. So about 30 years or so, God's been speaking to us that we're to come to this city. And he said that we're what? We're to, to build a church of the Gentiles. What's the church of Gentiles? Church of Gentiles is when you, we said like when you're at a University of uh, Kentucky football or basketball game, you look out, it's just a sea of all different kinds of people. Now, the Gentiles, we know, have been engrafted into the vine, right? So, you know, we could be Jewish Christians for all that matter. We've been grafted into the vine, right? Through Jesus, he grafted us in. But here, here's the thing. He said, we're not going be a church of Gentiles, but he said, you are Bethel, the house of God. Where is the house of God? The first time it was shown, I shared with you time and time again, was in the scripture where it says that Jacob, you know, laid his head down to sleep and the gate of heaven went from the earth all the way up into heaven. And, and in a New Testament verse, I could show you, I showed you when I preached to you, the hard place series, but it says that Jesus was at the top of the ladder. And it says angels came and went from that. Now, if you you say, what is that? That's the first time that's recorded in Scripture where God released his angels to directly go in and pour out his presence on a place, on a spot. Now, Abraham had marked the spot. Now, Jacob marked the spot. And he said, this is the house of God. This is the presence of God. So God called, he said, you're to be Bethel. You're to bring my presence and power to this region second thing he said was that you are harvesters you are to harvest souls so god called us bethel harvest ecclesia or church and we are anointed to open up the windows of heaven the gates of heaven and to have angelic Uh, activity and spirit and power and anointing and presence of God coming and going, coming and going to to touch this place and this region and wherever else he wants us to touch. Now, if he has that assignment on myself and Pastor Stephanie in a kingdom, if a king has a certain assignment, what happens? The subjects or the people in there that, that are in that kingdom are part of that assignment. They receive that assignment as their own, yeah. oh like an ambassador. And that's what we are, the ambassadors of Christ. We've received his assignment. And if this is your home and I'm your pastor and your spiritual father, then guess what? The assignment that's on me is also delegated to you. Nice. What do you mean delegated? There's two kinds of authority. Direct authority, that's when someone speaks directly if I spoke directly to an employee or directly to my sons or something, that's a direct authority. But if I have an indirect authority, what happens? Then they, uh, they are subject to that, but they operate the same as me. The other way to explain it is if someone's going through here 110 miles an hour and a police officer's waving and trying to get them to stop, they wouldn't. they finally catch him, And the guy goes in to, to, to the court and he's in front of the judge, and he says, Well, you know, you broke the law of the land. You're going 110 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone. What's your problem? It doesn't matter. Why didn't you stop this police officer? Well, why should I? He's not in charge. You're in charge. You're the judge. And the judge says, No, what you don't understand is he's operating under, I'm operating under delegated authority of the laws of the land. He's operating under my delegated authority. So it's just as though I stood out there with, you, with him trying to bring you to, to get you to stop and to write your ticket. So in other words, delegated authority has the same authority as direct authority. I'm going somewhere with this. Has, so the same anointing that's on me to heal the sick can be on you. Can be on you if you're hungry for it. The prophetic anointing, you can operate in it. Doesn't mean you operate in a 5 ministry office but you can operate in a prophetic anointing. You can operate in a healing anointing. You can operate in an evangelist anointing. You can operate in an anointing because all five of those anointings operate in this house. And Stephanie and I were just saying, we got to get an evangelist in here, a true evangelist. We've been operating as evangelists, but we need a true evangelist. We've got prophets, the pastors, the teachers, you know, the apostles all coming in. We need an evangelist. Everybody say, we need an evangelist. God already put one on my heart. I'm going to call him. So here's the key. We are already in the new thing. We are already in Bethel 2.0. And if you're not caught up on it, God will catch you up today. He'll get your spirit ready. So the same assignment that's on Stephanie and I is the same assignment that if you're part of this house, it's on you. And therefore, you can speak to devils with the same authority we do. You could speak to fevers and sickness with the same authority. You could speak, you know, and, and to the lost and bring conviction. You don't have to have a pulpit to preach. You preach with your life and with relationship. Remember what, what Prophet Andre, something amazing he taught, and I go, wow, it's so true. He said that human beings are directional, right? Everything's about directional, but God is relational. And the more you focus on your relationship with the Father, guess what? The more revelation or revealing of his voice happens in your life. That's like Miss Gwen, we can get on the phone and not talk for a month or two weeks, and it's like we just, we're prayer. everything's the same. And if there's something on my heart I've not shared with anybody, she'll she'll already know. Why? Because we're so in tune with the Father, but we're in tune with the assignment on the house because God's called her to be a spiritual mother in this house as well, like Steph's spiritual mother, Miss Gwen is a spiritual mother with us, and she's like my spiritual mother. And so she's in tune with my heart. I'm in tune with her heart. If you want to know my assignment, you don't even to ask me, call Miss Gwen, talk to her, she'll tell you. She probably knows more about my assignment than I do. And I'm not saying that jokingly. I'm saying that seriously. But if you want revelation, you got to humble yourself. Didn't say God humble you. You got to humble yourself to hear the voice of God and be open to what he says. And when he says, don't pick and choose what you like or dislike. As a matter of fact, he will probably make one of the key focuses of your assignment something you have no gifting or talent in. Well, he uses the foolish preaching to confound the wise. He can use you. See, a lot of people, they'll, they'll have an assignment on their life, but they jump prematurely because God said it's been confirmed, and they, oh I'm going to start my ministry and this and that. Well, you're in your ministry because you're breathing and your blood ball. That's your ministry. Operate from where you are, as you operate from your art. God will promote you as time happens. You don't promote yourself. It's not a self-promoting kingdom. If you do, you're just hot air, and it actually delay the manifestation of the assignment that He has on your life. It's not really delaying the assignment. You're in the assignment. It's all preparation. We're always. The Hebrew word for destiny, we're always wanting to seek our destiny. What's my destiny? What's my destiny? The Hebrew word for destiny is derik. And derik means a beginning point and an ending point, but it's talking about a roadway or a highway that's turning and up and down. Your destiny is not a destination. Your destiny is a journey. And if you're always looking to just get to a place where you're anointed or a place where you're, you're equipped or a place where you're ready or a place where you're going to have all the comforts, forget it, it doesn't exist on this planet. And when you get to heaven, soon as Jesus comes back in the second millennium, he's going to put you to work. You have a ranking, you have a job description. It's not just sitting up there on a harp with a little fat thing and that's the biggest joke ever. The Bible says when you get to heaven, you will be known as you are known. Do you want people to know you as you are? Huh? God has a kingdom, a government, and that government has rankings. Is there any government that doesn't have a ranking? Whether it's, an, uh, uh, whether it's a white collar kingdom, uh, they're not a democracy, they're no, they're not a theocracy. Monarchy. God operates by theocracy, right? He puts a person that's the head, but it operates under God's order and God's direction. It's not a monarchy. So anyway, we're in democracy. You don't vote on it. <laughs> oh, help. I won't go there. Lord humbers. Where was I before I got on my tangent? This has nothing to do, well, it has a setup, I guess, for the message I've been trying to preach for two weeks. Destiny. So if you want to find out your assignment, which is really your destiny, then you start where you're at. It's not about how good you are. You'll never be good enough. The only one that was good enough was Jesus. You just got to start where you're at and obey him. And he will use you greatly in things you're not equipped for, that you're not even ready for. But if you obey him, he'll move. Everyone say he's moving. So this has been talking about your kingdom assignment, and this is Bethel's 2.0. It's Bethel's new thing. It's our new level. It's not a season. Here's the thing that God wants to show You notice the strong anointings we've had for miracles, signs, and wonders. That is not a season. That's the beginning of a small thing. I said that's the beginning of a small thing. God's already showed me, Miss Gwen, and some others, some things that that He's using me in that would blow your mind. Especially when I'm not here. When it's here, it's strong, but out there it's just crazy. It's like cutting butter, as they say, with a warm knife. But it's not me, it's him. It's his gift on my life. But my goal is not that I get more anointed and more, more gifted. or No, no, no. can't be any more gifted than God already made you. My goal is for you to discover your gifting. My goal is for you to discover your anointing. My goal is for you to heal the sick, for you to save the lost, for you to set the captives. That's my goal. What good is it if just Steph and I do it? No, or Mark, it's, it's my goal that we do it together. Everybody say together. That's why Satan is out to destroy the body of Christ. He's out to cause division. He wants to get you focused on every squirrel, every cat, every dog, every bird, woo, 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 every bill, every resolution. I'm not putting politics down, it's got its place, it's important, but it can't be your main focus. Let me blow your mind, and you might get mad at me, that's okay, probably won't be the first time you've been mad at me. Your family, is not the most important thing. Now, I'm not saying sacrifice your family to do a job or a ministry. I'm not talking about that. The most important thing in your life is your relationship with the Father. Because if you are in right relationship with Him, you will be the best mother, brother, father, sister that anyone could ever have. And when that's not right, this is not right. So the significance is your relationship and, and the revelation you're receiving from him, that's what takes your family to another level. That's what takes, I would never sacrifice. I've had people tell me, well, I'll tell you what, I'm called, I'm, we're called, our family has, we're anointed, and, and that's why I said, well, why do you treat your kids like that? Well, 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 because of the calling of the Lord. That's not the calling of the Lord. It's not the calling of God. I think Jesus said, what good is it if you win the whole world and lose your own soul, didn't he? I think Jesus said, there'll be you that have won the lost, healed the sick, set the captives free, baptized people in my name, and still not enter into the kingdom of God. It's not a kingdom of works. It's a kingdom of relationship. And you'll never truly discover your assignment until you're in proper relationship with him. Well, if I fast enough. If I pray enough. I mean, that's all good, but going on a starvation thing, against God isn't going to move him. Going on a hunger strike, what's that going to do to God? When when you fast, it's to get your own flesh to shut up. Not get God to move. It's to get you shut up so you can hear what God's got to say to you. It's not you trying to make God do something. Hmm. Is this helping anybody? I have four of you. That's good. It's better than nobody. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of Acts, fail not to assemble yourselves together. There is an important part about us coming together like this because you can receive certain anointings, but you can't really receive a full impartation until you're in unity and together. When you're, in, when you're together, you're receiving so much more of an impartation than you could ever imagine. What is an impartation? That's when something the Bible calls imputed to you. In other words, it's in you. I mean, anybody see any resemblance when Parker preaches to me? If you all know him and seen him preach, he's got a lot of the same. Why? Because there's impartation he probably didn't even realize he's getting just from being around me and from his mom as well. So there's impartation, you know, and, and what I want you to realize is if you're going to discover your kingdom assignment, you got to come to a place that you're open to operate relationally with the Father. Not just God, not just Lord, not just Savior, but Abba, Daddy. And be in that situation with Him to where you can begin to hear His still small voice in your spirit, in your heart. So, Bethel 2.0 is going to empower you to supernaturally advance. In your kingdom assignment. When we come together, it's going to accelerate your kingdom assignment. It's going to empower you at a higher level. It's going to bring a greater anointing on your life. There's going to be an equipping that you may not even realize is taking place in your life. That's why connect groups are so important. That's why leaders, uh, edge groups for leaders, are so important. All that is so significant. Why? Because the more we come together, and the more I, I'm not trying to build a church. The Bible says, Paul said, I can't anyway. He said, some plant. Some sow, right? Some plant, some water, some reap the harvest. I, I can't grow, but the increase comes from what? The Lord. He's the one who gets the increase. I'm just here to build leaders. I'm just here. Anybody wants to be discipled and you want to grow and you want to throw the pacifier out of your mouth and move your beard over and throw it out and you want to get serious with God, that's who I'm interested in. I, I don't even give my time to people anymore that, that just oh, you, 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 you. love you. Can I help you? Can I pray for you? That's it. I'm, I'm not going to baby you. I say it like this. Buckle up, little buckaroo. Get some dirt, spit on it, and rub it. That's all I know. Now, now we're not heartless. We're, we pray with people. We, we visit people in hospitals. We, we have ministry. It does all these things. We, we give food to people. We encourage people. We counsel. I'm not downgrading any of that. But I'm saying me, as the pastor of this house, that stuff I've set up, And I used to do it, and Steph used to do it. We don't do it that much anymore. We set it up because that would rob someone else of their assignment if we did everything. Well, I just can't believe he didn't come and pray. Why did he send you? I didn't. God did. That's their assignment, and you better receive them through their assignment. Don't be like Naaman and almost miss your healing of your leprosy when the prophet didn't even come out and meet with him Just sent his assistant out and said, go go over there and basically that muddy river, and sewer in it, and dip yourself seven times, and you'll be clean. Man, he was cursing all the way. He, he's like, just tell me, you know, a, a city I need to take over, a country I need to take over. I got a mighty army. He said, no, just go dip in that dirty water. I imagine what he looked like, and all of his people thought, oh, my God, we're going to go burn that guy. He, he better be a prophet. We're going to burn his house, his city, probably kill everybody. Because six times, and I don't see anything. But on the seventh, when he come up, the Bible says it's like baby skin, brand new. So, so you just got to watch who's assigned to you. you. Listen, you don't pick who's assigned to you. And I don't choose who's assigned to me. That's why when people are here and people go, I mean, it breaks my heart when people go. Uh, I love people. I'm a people person, sure. But, but I got to realize that, well, then maybe their assignment's changed. Or maybe they're missing God. Either way, I got to pray for them. Got to love them just the way they are, not the way I think they should be. And, and you got to pray for me. And you may not always understand my assignment right? But, but even though you don't understand my assignment, that means you grace me and you pray for God to show you, or you ask me. I have people, where well, we've just been alone praying and praying and praying and made a decision. Well, that's not scriptural. Yeah, but I heard the voice of God. That's not scriptural. The scripture says, bring it in front of a multitude of witnesses, counsel, wisdom, counsel, and between God and the spirit and listen to wise counsel for confirmation. I don't just go out and do stuff. People think, oh, he just goes and, no. There's stuff Steph and I pray about, and we talk to leadership here, and we talk to other leadership people in our lives because I don't want to mess up my assignment because if I mess my assignment up, it can affect your assignment. Hmm. Everybody say, my assignment, my assignment is significant. So, so we're in this together. And as we begin to understand her, you say, well, man, pastor, you've been talking for two weeks about teaching on assignment. You haven't taught us really anything. See, that's why you, you're just not hearing. I'm teaching you some of the most important stuff you ever hear about your assignment. Because you can learn nuts and bolts, but if you don't get the why, what's it matter about the how? Hmm? Everybody say, that's right, pastor. <laughs> Look at me in Ephesians 3 a scripture many of you are familiar with, verses 20 and 21. <clears throat> so Bethel's 2.0, uh, uh, new thing that we're in, will empower you to what? advance in your assignment beyond your wildest dreams or imagination. Together, we're going to do so much more. So Ephesians 3 says this, verse 20, says, now to him who is able. To do exceedingly abundantly what above all that we ask or think. And and Pastor Bill taught us this, right? We don't ask big enough and we don't think big enough. Because we ask from our knowledge and we think from our wisdom instead of getting God's. Yeah. Right? So it says here to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what all that we ask or think, according what to the power that works in us. Now now, who's able? He didn't say you would have the ability. He said he's able. But according to the power, dunamis, wonder working power, the dunamis, the spirit of God, the power of God working in said what? According above all, the way said, according to the what? The power. What is that power? That's the anointing of God, the Spirit of God in your life, in your heart that lives in you, that's working on your behalf. Even when you don't even realize this, ha- that's why you hear me say what's happening in you is greater than what's happening to you or around you. You just got to get your mind off what's around you and get tuned in to who is in you and what's going on. Verse 21, what to him be the glory in the church. Now, glory, doxa, means God made visible, God seen or God's manifested presence. God made visible. To him be visible in the church. If he's not visible enough, we're not thinking right and we're not asking right. But if we're asking right and thinking right, you'll see him. Because you'll see the things that can only be done by him, not by me or anyone else. To him be glory or to him be seen where in the church, in the ecclesia, the church. Listen, the church is not a building. God's spirit is what? In earthen vessels. We are his bride. We are his church. We are his ecclesia, each one of us. But that's why he said, right, said he fell not to what assemble yourselves together because if we don't assemble ourselves together, we're like the one sheep that left the 99. I don't care how anointed you are. He's going, the devil's going to wear you out. I'll make it. Yeah, you might make it. What those same uh, skin your teeth the hair your chinny chin chin. How fun is that? I'll be sitting on my mountain of blessings and favor. You can do that all day if you want to. To him be seen in the church, what? By Christ Jesus, Christ, Christos. Means the anointed one. There's anointed ones. You're an anointed one. God's anointing is on you because his spirit's in you. That anointing means his presence, his fragrance. Another term means target or smearing his oil like they would smear. Still do it, smear oil on the sheep so that it keeps the bugs and the gnats and the things out of their ears, the things out of their eyes, and the things out of their lips, out of their mouth. It shouldn't be there. The anointed one, Jesus. What is that? Christ Jesus means the anointed one and his anointing. He is the King of Kings, Lord, Lord, He is the Anointed One. He is the Shepherd of all, right? Tell me, Glory Church, Jesus Christ, for what? To what? All generations. This was not just the oh, old back yet, you know, two thousand years ago. To all, everybody say all. What does all mean? To all generations, forever and ever. So be it. Amen. I mean, people, it's not rocket science. Ask for more, think bigger, dream bigger, and depend on God. Ask for more, think bigger, dream bigger, and ask for more from God. He is able, not us. I'm not able. Steph and I were able to, to like, have this property. Even the several hundred people in the church at the time, To come in here and buy acres that you had to develop and spend millions of dollars on before we were six years old, we we and had already given a million dollars away to missions. We weren't capable of doing that. But he is, and he is able and able to do more. He just the only thing is we got to keep thinking bigger and asking for bigger and, and and listening more. See, 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 if you understood Revelation right now, you would be hearing and hearing by the word, because I'm releasing faith over you right now. Right now, you might be yawning, but if you'll listen, the spirit of God will rise up in you and raise a standard like a flood against the enemy that's trying to take you out. You can yawn your way to hell if you want to. you on your way to divorce. you on your way to addiction. you on your way to depression. I'm not putting you down for yawning here. You may have worked two shifts. I don't know. I'm just talking about spiritual slumber. You can be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and still in spiritual slumber. Cause the wrong things lighten up those eyes you got. Anyway, so. Say he wasn't talking to me. <laughs> Might have been talking to you, but he wasn't talking to me. So. Let me end with this. God's so so first of all, who's able? Jesus is able to do these things. We just got to ask big and think big and, and get revelation by hearing the word. And when we hear the word, get the revelation, reveal the word and confirmation from God. And to begin to walk our assignment out. Don't look for assignment, be the assignment. Be a target for the fragrance. That's another term, fragrance for the anointing. Be a target for the fragrance of God. Be his target. Do You know, it's either 1st, 2nd, or 3rd John. I don't remember. But it's where it talks about there are many antichrists in the earth today. Now, there's ultimately one antichrist that will be the da da But John, the revelator was saying there are many antichrists even now in the earth. What's he mean? Anti-anointed ones. They're anti. They're against the anointed one and his anointing. There are four aspects of him, but anybody that resists the anointing, you know, condemns the anointing, is on dangerous ground. Well, I've never seen it that way before. Good, learn something. Well, I don't understand that. Ask God. Ask someone else. Don't judge it. Who are you to judge? The Bible says in 2nd 1 Corinthians, the only thing you're to judge is yourself, so you be not judged in that day. Try not to be harsh here. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you like a daddy. I'm, somebody said, God bless Parker and Pierce. So God's desire is to bless you abundantly, exceeding exceedingly abundantly, all beyond what you could think or ask. So in other words, there's always another level. But what else does it say? It's saying this, that God's desire for our life is not merely to bless us for our own good. It's to bless us. That's a byproduct. We get blessed because of God's favor and prosperity. That's that's all good. That's a byproduct. But more importantly, God blesses our lives to advance his kingdom through us. Can I have a few more minutes? I got to ask my timekeeper. Can I have? Okay, thank you. I got to ask her, sir. Hey, she is one of the most faithful people, dude. She's got that little thing up. I don't know if everybody else is afraid to hold it up, but she'll hold that up five minutes, two minutes. I love her, man. She's my girl. So look at this. See, I got to respect authority too, right? 2 <laughs> Corinthians. So if I don't agree, I just ask Paul, can you tell her you're her dad so I can have more time? 2 <laughs> Corinthians 9, 10, 11 in the amp. I'm going to read this to you. It says now, he who provides seed to the sower, and bread for food, will what provide, and multiply. Everybody say provide provision. Multiply the provision, right? Will provide and multiply what your seed, not for eating, for sowing. I'm reading it out of the Amplified. I'm sorry, for your seed for sowing. That is your resources. That is your resources. I got off there because I didn't tell you. i say, so provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resources. So what is your resources right now? If you're open to allow anything in your life, your time, your knowledge, your money, your, your wisdom, anything like that, if you're allowed to just say, it's yours, God, and use it the way you want, I promise you he'll multiply it 30, 60, 90, and 100 fold. Okay, so, <clears throat> and increase, everybody say increase. The harvest of your righteousness. You've heard me talk about this before. The harvest of your righteousness. Now, righteousness is good standing, right, with God. It's our position as sons and daughters. You can't get more righteous than you are. That's your position as a son or daughter of God. But you can expand the fruits of your righteousness. In other words, when you live out the assignment that God put on you and called you into his kingdom, and the more you obey and and operate in your assignment according to him, all of a sudden it's stacking up. S- s- lay, what? Don't worry about your treasure here. Dust the moth will get it, right? But what Paul said, he said, but lay your treasure up in heaven. That's what he's talking about. Don't, don't worry about the, the things that your righteousness get you here. Be more concerned about how it's producing a harvest off of you because when you get to heaven, God's not going to just say, come on in, good job. He's going to say, who's behind you? Did you bring anybody with you? Anybody come up here before you? In other words, it's like, why would I waste my time? You took your one little coin and hid it and buried it. God wasn't pleased with that when it hid the one talent. He took it and gave it to the one with 10, not five. (laughs) What are you doing with your talent? Your talent is your assignment. But if you would do all you could do with your assignment now, it would turn into five, and then it would turn into 10, then it would turn into 100, then 1,000, it. What is that? That's the fruits of your righteousness. Everybody say, fruits of my righteousness. So it says, the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. It didn't say that's what it is. It says, it shows itself in that. It says, you will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous. He said, if you're willing to be generous with your time, your resources, your wisdom, all that, and your finances, all those things, if you're willing, to be generous. Look what he said he would do. He said, you will be enriched in every way. Another trans- another place the Bible says that God wants to make you rich with no sorrow in the Old Testament. He wants to enrich you with no sorrow. Rich is not just money and how much is in your bank account, how many properties. No, no that, that that's the byproduct of that but make it rich in your marriage, rich in your relationship, rich with your children, rich rich in your community, bringing people to the kingdom. That's what wealth is. Wealth is not what you collect on this earth. It's a byproduct. Wealth is who is in heaven because you breathed on this earth and you took up God's oxygen and you walked on his ground. That's what richness is. That's what wealth is. says you will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous and this generosity listen now here's the key and this what kind the generosity you rent generous in every way and this generosity administered through us talking about he's paul's talking about us is producing look now thanksgiving to god When we operate in our right standing with God through love, through kindness, through goodness, and we're active with it, and we're serving people and praying for people and sowing into people and doing these things, what does it do? It brings thanksgiving to God through us. Who are we? Through our assignment. Anything we do, say, or whatever should bring glory to God, right? It doesn't always. I'm, I'm human like you. But our goal is that. But the more we get in tune with that, the more... Harvest will have on our righteousness. So it says that so that you may be generous, and this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to God from those who benefit. So when people benefit, when people are blessed, when people are saved, when people are healed, when people are delivered from depression and racism and fear and anger and hatred, when they're delivered from those things, now. Because you operate in your assignment and brought that to them, what happens now? Now they give thanksgiving to God because of what God did through you and what he did through you. Look at this now. That's what multiplies the fruit of righteousness on your life. And that's why God says, enter in my faithful servant. Well done. Good job. That means you did something.